Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, folks. Before we get started here, here's a quick word from my sponsors and also the details of a London Lepsters meetup that is happening soon. So the podcast is sponsored by italki, as usual, and italki is a great way to find one-to-one teachers. Um, you can go onto their website, uh, check out all the different teachers, all their different qualifications and skills and things. And when you find someone that you're interested in uh, having lessons with, you can very easily organise a lesson and then you have basically an English lesson at home because you do it through Skype. So it's extremely convenient. You don't need to actually leave the house. Um, it's great. And when you buy some talking time, italki will send you a voucher for a free lesson. Okay, right then. So that's the sponsorship thing. Now, let me just tell you about the next uh, Lepster meetup, which is happening in London. So any London Lepsters, hello. You're welcome to come and join us uh, for the London Lepster meetup. I will be there for this one. I'm going to be in London at the weekend, uh, that weekend, so I'll be there. And so the date and time. So it's going to be Sunday the 17th of November, Sunday the 17th of November at 2pm at the usual venue, that's the Fitzroy Tavern, 16 Charlotte Street, Fitzrovia, London, W1T2LY. I love the Fitzrovia area of London. It's the kind of place that would kind of feature in a Sherlock Holmes story or something. So the Fitzroy Tavern from 2pm. I will be there. Uh, there. Uh, so let's play some board games and have a drink. Uh, Zdenek from Zdenek's English Podcast is organising it. Uh, Zdenek's organising it. So if you could send him an email to let him know that you're coming, that would be great. And his email address is teacherzdenek at gmail.com. Teacher, you know how to spell that. Zdenek is Z-D-E-N-E-K at gmail.com. Okay, all right then. So if you're in London, uh, maybe I'll see you there. Right, let's start the episode. Here we go. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, folks. So I'm just uh, sitting here in front of my computer at the moment. I've just sat down. And um, what I've been doing is just like going through some of the Google documents I've got in my Google Drive. Um, When I have ideas for the podcast, if I spot something interesting on the internet or just have a bit of inspiration, I'll put the idea down on a Google document and then keep it in a special folder. And then when I'm sort of thinking, oh, what shall I do on the podcast? I might dip into that folder and pick out something and then maybe turn it into an episode. And so I've just been going through the uh, folder and I came across one uh, document which I made ages ago. It's probably over a year ago now that I uh, saved this link here in this document. And um, I just had a look and I think it's a good idea. It's good for the podcast, I think, because it covers 
um, two things, two sort of important things, which I think uh, are the sort of the foundation, the basis of Luke's English podcast. One of them is is vocabulary, and you'll learn loads of uh, phrases, like little bits of slang and other um, common phrases that most British people know. Um, so there's vocab. And also, on the other hand, there's culture as well, because uh, all of these phrases and expressions that I'm going to talk to you about in this episode all represent something, some little detail about British life and British culture, which is sort of um, unique to the UK. So vocab and culture. All right. So the article uh, that I saved ages ago uh, is from the Independence website. So that's independent.co.uk. And uh, the title of the article, let's just have a look up here, as I speak in a slightly posh voice for no reason at all, except for the fact that it's lots of fun. Um, by the way, um, I, I actually listened back to an episode of the podcast recently. I don't normally do that after I've published them, but I listened back to one. What was it? It was one of the ones about Edinburgh jokes. And uh, I kind of, I was sort of quite surprised <laughs> by myself in the sense that the bits that I enjoyed when I was listening back to myself were the bits when I sort of did stupid voices and little random moments of stupid comedy, especially doing the voices, which is kind of quite, uh, uh, what's the word for it? Encouraging, because I always want to do silly voices. And then I think, oh, I shouldn't do that because it's going to be silly. Uh, but listening back to it, I thought, actually, those are pretty good. So I might do some stupid voices from time to time just for a bit of a laugh. So the article... Um, on the Independence website is entitled uh, 88 Very British Phrases That Will Confuse Anyone Who Didn't Grow Up in the UK. Written by Bobby Edsor, 2nd of January 2018. Um, okay, right, so very British phrases that will confuse anyone who didn't grow up in the UK. So we're talking about very specific little uh, uh, expressions uh, that uh, only British people know. I'm sure it's the same in many countries. Like, think about where you grew up and your circle of friends or, you know, your family or whatever. There'll be little reference points, certain little jokes or phrases or things that you'll all know, but foreigners coming into the country, you know, won't understand if they don't know about the reference points from, you know, where they, where they came from and stuff. Uh, so that's what this is all about. It's a good chance to learn some of that uh, inside information about British culture. And so let's have a look. So I'll let you read the article on the Independence website. The link will be on the page for the episode. So I'll let you go and read the article. I'm just going to pick out um, as many of these phrases I, as I can and just go through them and give my own kind of explanation and examples as we go. Okay, there are 88 uh, phrases here. And I've just realised that might be too many, uh, but we'll see how much I can do. Uh, and who knows, maybe this will become several episodes, but that's all right. Uh, this is a podcast that, you know, you can do anything you want, can't you, in podcasting? Yes, you can. All right, then. So let's get started. And uh, so 88 phrases. Ooh, okay. Are we ready? Okay, limber up there. Just warm yourselves up. You know, don't pull any muscles. You've got to stretch the old legs out just to make sure that you... Uh, you know, you prepared yourself before you, you know, learn all these these phrases and culture and stuff. So the first one is, um, he's a few sandwiches short of a picnic, isn't he? So to be a few sandwiches short of a picnic. If someone uh, is described as being a few sandwiches short of a picnic, it means that they are uh, maybe a bit mad, a little bit crazy. Like there's maybe something missing 
some somewhere upstairs. So a, 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 it means that they, they're not compl- they're not complete. Okay, uh, it's a very strange kind of turn of phrase, though. A few sandwiches short of a picnic, which means that the it, it if we had a few more sandwiches, it would be a picnic. But we're missing a few sandwiches, so it's not really a picnic. So, in a sense, for a person, it means there's sort of something missing, which means that they're a little bit crazy. So, it might be something that someone would say when describing someone as being a bit crazy. Like, he's a bit, you know, what do you think of uh, Kevin? Well, he's a few sandwiches short of a picnic, isn't he? Right. Okay. Now, uh, what else? We have other ones as well, like he's a, um, a, a, a monkey wrench short of a toolkit. A monkey wrench is like something you would use to fix um, fittings, you know, like a metal spanner or something like that. He's a monkey wrench short of a toolkit. Uh, and other things like the lights are on, but there's nobody home, um, you know, and a few sandwiches short of a picnic. So he's a, f- he's a few sandwiches short of a picnic. Um, so there you go. I think it, uh, according to the article, it says the phrase was first documented in the BBC's Lenny Henry Christmas special in 1987. Lenny Henry, talking about British culture, um, was, um, at, I mean, was slash is um, a fantastic comedian from the UK. And he was kind of, he did a lot of his work in the 80s and 90s. When I was growing up, Lenny Henry was someone we were always very excited to see on the television. He had his own TV show where he had these different characters from different parts of London and stuff. And um, what else? He did stand-up. And the the stand-up was so good, so funny. Later on, he kind of got a bit more serious. He's more of a serious actor these days. But his kind of early stand-up stuff was brilliant. He was a bit like the kind of the English Eddie Murphy or something like that. He was fantastic. So anyway, apparently he he said in his Christmas special, she's great fun, but she's a few sandwiches short of a picnic. So arguably it's entered the popular consciousness thanks to the comedian Lenny Henry. So the next one is the word anorak. So an anorak. Um, An anorak would be a geeky person, a nerdy kind of person, someone who's got very strong interests or strong expertise in a particular area. So we we use the word anorak because an anorak is a uh, a coat that you would wear, like a thin uh, waterproof coat. Okay, so if, for example, you wanted to go and stand next to the station platform or stand, in fact, stand on the station platform, probably, if you stand next to the station platform, you might be hit by a train. So I don't recommend that. So you might want to stand on the station platform and um, you know watch the trains and record their numbers and basically spot different types of train. If you're a train spotter, you would do that. So you'd stand outside and it might be raining because this is England or Britain, whatever you want, the UK, the United Kingdom, the, well, the kingdom, well, queen, queendom. Anyway, <laughs> if you're from that strange, like a little collection of islands, it might be raining, you see, because we, we have a lot of um, weather, you might have noticed. And so you might want to wear a light waterproof overcoat. Uh, It might be made of a sort of plasticky material. That is an anorak. So we use the word to describe those people who might be doing things like train spotting, plane spotting, standing outside, uh, or also just anyone who's got sort of intense levels of expertise or interest in something. So it could be uh, uh, vintage cars, it could be train sets, it could also be um, maybe computers. But um, 
we'd probably use the word geek or nerd for, for computers. So that's it. Geeky, uncool, um, obsessive. Um, there you go. So, for example, they've said, Thomas is such an anorak when it comes to train trivia. I am an anorak when it comes to, guess what? What do you think? What's my anorak uh, subject? Uh, well, when it comes to when it comes to podcasting, yes, I'm a bit of an anorak in that case. When it comes to microphones and stuff, yes, certainly I'm becoming more and more of an anorak when I start to find out about things like polar patterns and uh, frequency responses and things like that. Uh, but no, my main anorak um, sort of area would be the Beatles, of course. Um, I've never really fully talked about the story of the Beatles on the podcast, but uh, it's one that's uh, sort of brewing. Uh, in my brain. I've got like a teapot in my head and it's br- slowly brewing an episode about the Beatles. And one day we will all have a nice cup of tea together. That's an interesting metaphor, isn't it? Let's move on. So the next one is the word Bagsy. Bagsy. Now, um, Bagsy, like Bagsy the front seat. Uh, okay. Or Bagsy that one. Bagsy the window seat. So Bagsy, if you call something Bagsy. So for example, I, you can also Bagsy something. So it's actually to bagsy something, I think is what it is. So bagsy the chocolate bar means I have claimed it, okay? It's like, that's mine. Uh, when, you're in a, uh, when you're driving with your friends in a car and you want to sit in the front seat, you might, say, you might say bagsy the front seat. We also have the expression shotgun as well. So if uh, you're you know, driving somewhere with some friends and you want the, front, uh, the, the passenger seat in the front, you would have to say shotgun. And if you say shotgun, you get the passenger seat. You could also bagsy things as well. Bagsy that one, bagsy that chair, bagsy the controller, you know, stuff like that. And it just means you've claimed it. Okay. Um, all right, then. So that's bagsy, isn't it? Uh, what do you say? Uh, I, want, I mean, I think that's, that's very British, maybe even just English. I don't know what they say in, for example, parts of Scotland or, or, or Northern Ireland, maybe. But um, what about you? Do, you? do you have a similar word in your language where it's like you use it to claim something? Bagsy the front seat. How would you say that uh, in, um, in, in your language? We also actually have the word dibs as well. Dibs is the same as bagsy. Isn't that weird? Did you ever, have, you, have you ever heard those words before? I, um, I promise to you that these are well-known words and words that uh, I use a lot, certainly when I'm with my sort of English friends or my brother or something, we're often bagsying things. Um, okay, next one. The bee's knees. Now, you might know this one. I think this is kind of fairly well known. If you describe something as the bee's knees, you mean that they are great. They're really cool. They're like the coolest thing, right? Um, and I think it's to describe a person. I think we would say, um, I think normally it's a person. Someone is the bee's knees. Like, I think he's great. He's the bee's knees. Yeah, there you go. I don't use it that much. I mean, I would maybe use that in a kind of a jokey way because it's sort of a funny expression. You know, yeah, he's the bee's knees. That you know, I might even use the expression to refer to a thing as a kind of a joke because normally you'd use it for a person. I think so. You might say like these, uh, these. I don't know what these apples are. The bee's knees. Mm, I don't know. Anyway, there it is. The bee's knees. Now I said I had to be quick, so let's move on to the next one. The next one is a bender. Okay, a bender. So, and it's uh, it would be to go on a bender. Uh, maybe a four-day bender. 
a bender is like an excessive um, sort of uh, spree of drinking and general excessive behavior, okay, to go on a bender. So it might be that someone starts drinking on the Monday and they keep going all weekend until like Monday morning or something. So they're kind of on a four, three or four day bender, okay, to go on a bender. Oh, it's, oh, it sounds horrible, doesn't it? I mean, now that I'm in my, you know, and now I'm getting older, ladies and gentlemen, you know, starting to sort of, you know, slow down a little bit as I, uh, you know, mature like a, like a fine wine or a, or a cheese. <laughs> not sure which one I prefer. Which one's better? I'm maturing like a, like a hard uh, cheddar cheese that's been kept inside a cave in southwest England for 10 years. And, I, and I'm now very, uh, I have a, I'm covered in a rough shell and I stink. <laughs> no, I, I think I'm maturing like a fine wine. I think that's to be savoured. Anyway, what am I talking about? Uh, a bender. So I don't, I don't do things like go on benders anymore. I never used to really anyway, go on a bender, but some people do. Um, so there you go. Have you ever gone on a bender? Do you know anyone who's, who goes on benders for some time? Uh, uh, sometimes? How long was the bender? Was it a two-day bender or a three-day bender? Why is it called a bender, Luke? Uh, search me. I'm afraid I can't tell you. Let's move on to the next one, which is a blinder. This is much more positive, I think. It has the word blind in it, which could be politically incorrect. Uh, I don't know if it's sort of pejorative towards the blind, people who can't see. But anyway, to, to pull a blinder involves achieving something very difficult, but really, really well and skillfully. So to do something really, really well, to succeed in something really, really well, to do a really fantastic job. Um, so, so oh, you know, he, he pulled a blinder. So you can imagine in football, you know, let's say it's a uh, uh, the, the Manchester United, okay, and Liverpool are facing off in the FA Cup uh, semi-final, because the semi-finals are always better than the finals, uh, this, uh, FA Cup semi-final clash between Manchester United and Liverpool, and it was Manchester United 2, Liverpool 1, all the way up to the 90th minute, but then, uh, what's his name, the little uh, guy in the red uh, uniform, the, the you know, the kicky little kicky guy with the legs, uh, he, he uh, managed to pull, he pulled an absolute blinder, and scored a uh, last-minute equaliser, sending the game into uh, extra time and ultimately penalties. Uh, and then, and they're still playing the penalties because no one's missed yet. And it's been seventy-eight hours, and they're still going. And um, we'll give you updates uh, as and when they happen. Okay, so he pulled a blinder, meaning he did a really good job. Like, well done, Luke. That was an absolute blinder. You pulled a blinder there. I can't believe you managed to do 88 expressions in one episode. It's like, I, I still haven't done it yet, actually. Hello there. This is an edit, which I've added one day after originally publishing this episode. My brother has chipped in here with a comment, sending me uh, more texts yesterday evening. We had a little chat. 
And he wrote to me saying that he thinks that the most common collocation with the word blinder is actually to play a blinder rather than to pull a blinder. And I admit that he's right. Thinking about it, I've definitely heard play a blinder more than I've heard pull a blinder. And a quick internet search shows us the same thing, basically. Collins' uh, dictionary says it's when a sports player or musician plays something really well, like he played a blinder. Uh, But it's also, I think, applied to when anyone does anything well. For example, you played a blinder in that meeting. Or, for example, you played an absolute blinder getting us front row tickets for this show. Like you're, you've, you've gone to a concert and your friend managed to get the tickets and he found a way to get you tickets right at the front. So you can say, oh, you played an absolute blinder there. So let's say play a blinder more often than pull a blinder. OK, right. Let's get back to the episode. And here we go. Anyway, next one is the word bloody. Now, you must have heard bloody. Oh, bloody hell. You know, for example, you bloody idiot. So bloody um, is still mildly offensive. It's still a bit um, offensive. We don't really know where it comes from. But I mean, it's I, you could take it on face value and mean it's like covered in blood. You know, blood, that red stuff that we have inside us. Um, those of us who are human, those of you who are not human, you know who you are. Um, so blood yeah so you describe something as bloody it used to be a lot more a lot ruder than it is these days it's not that bad you can get away with saying it on telly during the day i would say um so just in case you're ever on telly during the day um uh, anyway so uh bloody oh bloody hell so um there you go so i think it's um it's actually even it's in some harry potter isn't it doesn't ron weasley say blood oh bloody hell isn't that one of Ron Weasley's things? Oh, bloody hell, Harry. I can't do Ron Weasley. I don't really know what he sounds like, but I'm going to do Ron Weasley. He's sort of spit, as far as I'm concerned. I don't know what he sounds like in the films. I don't really remember. But I'm going to do Ron Weasley as this kind of guy. Oh, bloody hell, Harry. Gordon Bennett. There's another one, Gordon Bennett, which is like, oh, oh my God. Anyway, that was bloody good, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Now, moving on to the next one. We're still in the letter B. Oh, God. Um, so, Bob's your uncle. Bob's your uncle. I've, I've dealt with this before, haven't I? We've done this one before. Uh, I think we have. So, uh, Bob's your uncle. Um, so, it's basically the, the, the equivalent of saying, like, voila in French or hey presto, which I think some people say. Um, so, basically, it's a way... Uh, it's a phrase that you say at the end of a process. So you've described a process. So you do this, then you do this, then you do this, and then Bob's your uncle. Okay. And then there you go. So for example, how do you, how do you record? I've done the podcast example before. How do you walk? Okay. How do you walk? Well, what you do is you, you, you stand up on your, on your legs, which should be attached to your body. And your feet should be attached to those legs. And you just simply move your probably your right leg forward and allow the foot to touch the ground. Don't l- lose your balance. And then bring the left uh, foot forward and past the right foot. And then just keep uh, repeating that motion. And Bob's your uncle. You're walking. Okay? Right. Moving on to the expression bog standard. You know, just, you know, some bog standard uh, English phrases for you. If something is bog standard, it's basically ordinary, uh, no special features, no frills, uh, just, you know, basic, standard, ordinary, uh, regulation things. Bog standard. 
for example, um, you know, a bog standard hotel, right? It's nothing, it's nothing special. It basically does the job. I'm staying in some bog standard hotel up the road, you know? It's not a particularly, um, it's not very positive, not particularly negative though. It's just kind of, you know, basic, your bog standard. Uh, so, you know, you're listening to, what's the episode of the bout, Luke? I'm recording an episode. Uh, huh? What? You're, you're recording an episode? Yes, I'm recording an episode. What's it about? What kind of episode is it? I mean, sorry. It, well, it's, you know, it's just your bog standard sort of uh, English slang and culture type thing. Oh, okay. Sounds good. Should be popular with the... Uh with all those people around the world? I hope so. How do you know if they like it, though? How will you know? Well, you know, that's the question, isn't it? That is the uh, eternal question. The idea is that they tell me, you know, they write some comments in the comments section and say, oh, this was interesting, or I I was perusing your website when I uh, came across this uh, interesting uh, episode, and, you know, they could let me know what they think about it. But Luke, what are the things that people often write about you and your podcast? Let's start with the positive things. Okay, so the positive things are usually stuff like, um, I laughed out loud on the bus. That's what some people say. Uh, and uh, also, I learned things. You know, I learned some things like vocab and culture. Thank you for teaching us some stuff. Uh, what else? They, they say things like, I like the accents. I like uh, Luke's accent and I like the accent of his mum and his dad and his brother and other guests like Amber, for example. I like everyone's accents. Um, and um, and then, OK, that's good. What about negative things? Do people ever write negative stuff? Well, sometimes, yes, I get some sort of negative feedback and hopefully it's constructive. But the typical things that people would write, first of all, they probably would write something like, uh, you, you know, you ramble a bit too much. Uh, there's a bit too much rambling and just when he's when is he going to get to the point you talk too much basically like on your audio uh listening podcast for learners of english the you know the thing that people listen to because they want to hear someone talking in english well there's a bit too much of that talking so uh you know just scale it down a little bit if you would i know it doesn't make sense does it but um anyway there it is i i know exactly what people mean i do ramble like i'm doing now um, and also people might say, it's just not my cup of tea. It's just not my kind of thing. Some people might say, and other stuff they would often write, you know, the episodes are a bit long. So those are the, the things. Okay. 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 Who's speaking now? Who, who's speaking? Okay. Yes. Okay. That's good. Can you carry on? You don't have all day. Okay. All right. Let's carry on. So that's your bog standard just doing a bog standard episode i'm just wondering if there are other things like a what what kind of car did you uh rent so you rented a car what kind of car it's just your bog standard kind of you know ford um uh, it's your bog standard you know car it's just your bog standard hatchback like a sort of volks a volkswagen golf you know just your bog standard german or japanese hatchback okay next is the word boot actually talking about cars and hatchbacks that's perfect for the next item on the list, which is the word boot. Um, the boot, now, obviously a boot is something you might wear on your foot, like a Dr. Martin's boot, hopefully the Made in England uh, variety. Uh, the boot is uh, in, also in English, in British English, is the compartment at the back of the car. So if you are going on holiday, um, you're going on holiday, that's great. Good for you. Uh, so you're going on holiday 
and uh, congratulations. <laughs> congratulations, you're going on holiday. No, I haven't. No, you haven't won a prize. No, you're paying for it. But you're going on holiday. And so you've got your big bag packed. And where do you put it in the car? You have to open the back of the car. You open the boot and you put your bag in the boot. Okay. A hatchback is one where the, the boot is sort of in the same part of the, the rest of the space of the car, right? So uh, when you're sitting in the back seats, the boot's just behind you. You can lift up a sort of thing and you can get into the boot, right? Um, that, that's a hatchback. And then otherwise you have like a saloon style car and the boot is like a separate compartment from the rest of the car. Anyway, so the boot. In America, what do they call it? What do they call the boot in America? Think of a Quentin Tarantino film. All, there's always a shot where the camera is in the trunk of the car. So anyway... Open the boot. Where's where where's um where's Dave? He's in the boot. Ah, oh, why? Uh, mafia thing. Don't don't worry about it. Forget about it. <laughs> Just a mafia thing. Hey Dave. <laughs> hey Dave. <laughs> where's my fucking money? Get in the fucking boot. Get in the trunk. You son of a bitch. You know. What do you mean the trunk? I don't understand. Just get in the fucking trunk. But what is what's the trunk? I I'm from England. Get in the hey. What do they call, hey? What do they call the fucking trunk in the UK? Huh? What's the fucking name? Hey, what do they call it? The like, like the fucking shoe. It's like the shoe. No, it's like the the uh, you know with like a Wellington boot. It's the hey. It's the, it's the boot. Get in the fucking boot, you son of a bitch, you English son of a bitch. Um. So anyway, in a in a may, maybe a Martin Scorsese film. Um, with Quentin Tarantino because there's always a shot inside the boot of the car, right? Anyway, in England, it's the boot. In America, the trunk. Moving on. A botch job or I think a botched job. B-O-T-C-H-E-D. A botched job is a uh, is when someone does a really bad job. Like, for example, if they are doing it very quickly and um, they don't put it together very well, especially if it's a I would say if you're making something like if you're constructing a chair, if you're making a chair for someone, let's say you're making a chair for your sister and your sister's like, where's my chair? You said you're going to make me a chair. I need it because I'm going to need, you know, I'm going to need to sit down in a few minutes and you're like, oh, all right, better get my chair ready for my sister. And then so you, um, you're like, oh, right, I'll just do it quickly. And, you know, uh, you kind of hammer a few nails together into some bits of wood and you, you, it's not very stable. And you go, there you go, there's your chair. And she sits down and it, and it falls to pieces. And then, you know, and she's really badly injured and it's your fault because you did such a botched job on the, on the chair, you, you fool, you bloody idiot. Um, so uh, to do a botch job or a botched job, but see, when you add the ED, and you say it quickly, it does sound like botched job. So that's why it's written botch job. But I think it's actually botched job, but it sounds like botched job, you see? So he did a really, uh, he did a botched job on that. It's difficult to say. But we also have just the verb to botch something or to botch something up. Um, yeah. So for example, if you botch something that you're doing, it means you do it badly or you do it clumsily. You know, like he really, he really botched it. So, for example, let's say I have to paint my daughter's bedroom and it, we've chosen a very nice pastel pink color, you know, uh, or something like that. Or blue could be pink or blue or green or, or purple or, uh, or magenta or teal or any one of the other colors. I don't want to, you know, I'm, I'm all inclusive, you know, um, bark or all colors. Anyway, so and I've chosen my color. It's, it's going to be made of mushroom gray, a horrible color, uh, pink. 
and I paint and it's sort of, I get paint everywhere and it drip it here and there and it smears here and, oh, I really botched it. Uh, or I maybe botched it up as well. To botched something up means completely botch it. And you can also make a botch of something. You really made a botch of that, didn't you? You really botched it up. You cocked it up, didn't you? You did it again, didn't you, Luke? You cocked it up again. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Another episode in the uh, Mr. Bean style sitcom of my life. Oh, God, I've got to, got to paint my daughter's bedroom and I've you've chosen the wrong colour. Oh, God, I've botched it up. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, that won't be on Netflix ever. Um, but um, anyway, to do a botched job. There you go. When was the last time you did a botched job or a botched job on something? Anything? Like maybe something at work? Like you did some very, very careless work? You did a real botched job on it, but no one noticed, maybe. Yeah, it happens, doesn't it? So the next word is is an obvious one. It's a brolly. Now, if you're going to go out in London, especially at this time of year, you're going to need to bring a brolly, okay? It's just the way it is. As I said earlier, you know, we are a small country surrounded by lots of water, sort of on the edge of the continent kind of thing. And we get lots of weather, a bit too much weather sometimes, especially in the form of rain. And so, yeah, you've got to bring a brolly with you. And it's an umbrella. So, for example, you know, uh, have you got a brolly? Do you want a brolly? You know, it's, it's raining out. Do you want a brolly? Do you want are you sure? Imagine that. So you're leaving like some office and as the, the secretary is like, oh, you, you know, it's rainy. Do you want a brolly? He's like, no, I'm, I'm all right. So it's, uh, it's okay. Are you sure? Because, you know, you can have a brolly. If you, you just take a brolly if you want one. Do you want a brolly? He's like, no, I'm all right. Anyway, I've, 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 you know, it's raining, don't you? Just take a brolly if you want one. And you're like, it's, it's all right. And then you're going down the stairs. And she, and she opens the door at the top of the stairwell. You know, if you, go, if you wanted a brolly, you just take a brolly with you because it, 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 it's raining. You know, you might need a brolly. Just, shall I, do you want me to throw one down? It's like, no, no, don't, don't throw a brolly. It's all right. Uh, and then you get outside and she's leaning out the window. You know, you sure you could get a brolly, you know? Um, just a typical day in England. So a brolly, an umbrella. Okay, next. Let's say... Let's say you're sitting on a, okay, several, several little situations, little quiz for you here. Okay, you ready for this? Yes, we are, Luke. Good. So um, let's say you're sitting on a sofa, um, just like the song, Sitting on a Sofa by the Kinks. If you don't know it, you must check it out immediately. In fact, no, I can't play it to you because, no, I just can't. Um, so sitting on a sofa and you're sitting with a uh, Good couple of friends, and they're friends who speak English. English speaking friends, they're English friends. You've got Dave, and then you've got Steve, all right? So you're sitting on the sofa with Dave and Steve, and the thing is, Dave is sitting a bit too close to you, and you've got no elbow room. It's, you know, it's not, there's nothing weird, it's just that you haven't got enough room. So how do you tell Dave, in a very sort of uh, familiar way, to move up, to move up the sofa to give you more space. What do you say? Uh, go on, budge up a bit. Budge up. There you go. Budge. B-U-D-G-E up. Budge up a bit. Budge up. To budge means to move. And budge up means move sort of that in that direction so that I've got more space. Okay. It could be like scoot over 
uh, budge over there. Can you, you know, right? So that's what you would say in that sort of informal situation. What about if you sit on a um, train seat? You sit on a train. <laughs> okay, let's say you're sitting on a train. Okay. Maybe you're in India because they do sit on trains, don't they? I think they do. I've seen it happen. I've been there. I've seen it. I've done that. I've got the t-shirt. It's just, that's another expression. Anyway, so um, what was I saying? So I'm, you're sitting on a train and there's another geezer sitting next to you and he's a bit too close, but it's formal. He's in a suit. He's a businessman. That's how we do things in podcast land. We sit on trains in business attire. So you want to be respectful and polite. How do you tell him to move up? Um, whew, that's a difficult one, actually. So, um, excuse me, would you mind uh, moving up a little bit, please? For example, that's a, that's a tough one to do, though. It's like if you're on a plane and the person is next to you has, has taken the armrest. Sometimes there's a little battle for the armrest. And he's got both armrests and you've got neither. So you want to at least get your right arm on, onto the thing. So ooh, you, that's, you can't do it, can you? Can you say, excuse me, could you, could you move your arm off the armrest so I can use it, please? You can't, can you? You just can't. How would you do that? I, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Right, so I'd, I'd say, um, excuse me. Hi. Um, um, and I don't want to interfere with the enjoyment of your journey, but um, I've got a terribly painful arm. Um, I've injured it in a, in a, in a golfing um, competition. And um, I'm afraid I, I really need to, to rest it on the, on the armrest there. Um, would you mind maybe sort of in about half an hour letting me put my arm on the on the armrest for a bit and he goes no and you go um well you know it, the arm is very injured i mean it's really injured it was a very dramatic golfing co- competition and it's very uncomfortable i think you know 50 50 is a fairly good split isn't it and he goes no <laughs> and you go look now look here and you, you decide to use a more posh voice because you think it might impress him. Now look here, I've I've got an awfully um, reticulated uh, septum in my arm. Now I know that you don't know what that means, but I can assure you it is no laughing matter. It's extremely serious tendonitis, and um, I demand that you uh, give up the armrest there for medical reasons. I have a note from my doctor, and if you don't uh, offer up the armrest, I will poke you in the eye and he goes oh all right since you put it that way there you are sorry sorry governor sorry okay so budge up a bit would you okay next one is the word builders tea so we all know that the english like to drink tea right oh it's tea time pass the sugar now we do like to drink tea but it's not really like that okay it's not like afternoon tea or tea time (laughs) it's not that that's not it okay we're not we haven't got our best tea set with a special teapot and the little fingers st- sticking out when we drink it. Mm, uh, lovely cake. You know, no, it's not that. We drink tea at any time, all the time. Okay. We're always drinking tea, just constantly drinking tea. Even when you thought he's not drinking tea, I can't see any tea. He's drinking tea. Okay. English people are always drinking. Tea. I mean, anytime I, I have tea for breakfast, I'll get up, have my toast. I'll have a banana. Have a banana. That's another little cultural reference. Have a banana. Anyway, I'll have a banana and uh, I'll have a cup of tea. 
Now, how do we have our tea? I've done a whole episode about this, but here it is in uh, very, um, very quick words. <laughs> so, um, tea bag. Now, you can you can either do tea bag or you could do uh, loose leaf tea if you're really serious. Uh, if you're in a rush, tea bag. Uh, my personal choice would be uh, Marks and Spencer's Gold Blend tea bags. They are for the they are excellent. They make a lovely, a deep. Um, tan dark rich uh brew and um it's just you can't go wrong other good ones would be like um yorkshire tea um and some of those trendy brands like things like tea pigs and stuff uh or pg tips i mean eh, they're okay uh but i go for the the marks and spencer's gold ones they're really good um so uh boiling hot water uh, and it, the water has to be boiling when it hits the tea bag right don't leave the, the, the water to, to stand for a while. It's got to be boiling, 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 and you pour that boiling water directly onto the tea bag. The tea bag is in a nice solid mug, you know, like a Starbucks mug or something like that, or a Luke's English podcast mug if you're lucky to have one. Limited edition, uh, they're no, no longer available. So if you've got one, that could be <laughs> valuable. I'm not sure it'll be as valuable as it was when you bought it. Uh, but who knows? Maybe it'll be listed in the commodities trading lists, or maybe it won't. It probably won't. So anyway, uh, big uh, mug, uh, tea bag, boiling water on it. Leave it. Don't touch it. Just forget about it for about three to four minutes. Then teaspoon. Get the tea bag out. Now, if it's properly brewed, you don't need to squeeze the tea bag. But depending on how much time you've got, you might want to give that tea bag a little bit of a squeeze just to push out some of that darker uh, tea that's in there, right? The rich, dark tea. Squeeze it out a little bit, but not too much. You don't want it to be bitter. So take the tea bag out, boom, in the bin or alternatively in the sink and leave it until later. Or you might have like a little little plate where you're putting your tea bags. Um, and then milk, right? And you, for me, I like quite a lot of milk. So it's, I like a strong, dark uh, tea with a fair amount of milk. And that is called builder's tea. Okay, builder's tea, strong tea with uh, quite a lot of milk, with or without sugar. But there it is, builder's tea. And it's called builder's tea because builders drink a lot of tea. So guys who are building things, like if, you know, there's some, if you're getting an extension on your house and they come to build your conservatory, then you would probably be servicing them with tea all day. Or what's more likely is that they would actually come with their own kettle and their own tea and sugar and milk. And they would be making their own tea on site, taking breaks, drinking tea. That's the way we do it in England. Okay. Builder's tea. Also, if someone comes around to your house to fix your your fridge, your freezer, or to do some plumbing, you would offer to make them a cup of tea. It's just the normal way to do it. And now you know how. Okay, next one is is the word butchers. Give us a butchers. You know, give us a butchers at that. Take a butchers at this. A butchers means a look, a look. Give me a look at that. Have a look at this. Give us a butchers. Have a butchers at that. And it's Cockney rhyming slang. I think I may have done this one on the podcast before, but here we go again. Cockney rhyming slang is a sort of uh, interesting sort of dialect from a specific area of East London. They say that you're not a true Cockney unless you were born within the sound of the Bow Bells. Bow is a little district of East London and there's a there's a church there. And if you're born within the sound of that, the bells of that church, then you could be considered a Cockney. So true Cockneys only come from that area. 
And Cockneys used to, and I don't know if they still do, they used to kind of speak in this strange kind of slang, a rhyming slang. So a, bu- a, a butcher's is actually a butcher's hook, like a metal thing that you would use to hang up a piece of meat in your butcher's shop, a butcher's hook. And the word hook rhymes with look. So give us a butcher's hook means give us a look. But you don't say give us a butcher's hook. You say give us a butcher's. So it's just the first part. All right. So other ones would be like frog and toad, meaning road, but it would just be the word frog. Uh, Boat race, face. But uh, boat is the word that's used. Look at his boat, you know, meaning look at his boat race, meaning look at his face. So giz a butcher's. Giz means give me. It's actually give us, because sometimes you'll find in colloquial English, people are using the word us when they mean me, like uh, only us um, and only me, not I. So it's not us went to the bank, but, um, you know, I went to the bank and Dave came with us, right? Meaning us, meaning me. So give us a butcher's, meaning give me a look. Give a butcher's. Could you have a butcher's at my bike? I think it's got a puncture. Gizzard butchers. Yeah, gizzard butchers at that. Okay. Next one is the word cack-handed. Nice expression. Oh, cack-handed. If someone is cack-handed, it means that they um, are clumsy, basically. Clumsy. So someone who does things, they drop things easily, or they do things in a... Um, what was the other phrase? Uh, like a, they kind of do a botched job. So cack-handed means done in a kind of awkward, uncomfortable fashion, uh, a bit like a botched job. If you remember that one from before, you did a botched job, but you can be cack-handed. It's a bit like being clumsy or just sort of a bit careless and making mistakes. Cack is actually an old word for uh, uh, feces, poo, uh, cack. So cack-handed, Ugh, it's like you're shit-handed. <laughs> um, so, and cack-handedly is the adverb, right? To do something cack-handedly. So the example we've got here is, he handles a screwdriver very cack-handedly. So to do something cack-handedly. Okay, next one is cheeky. Um, So cheeky, if someone is cheeky, it means that they are uh, sort of impolite or rude, but somehow it becomes, it's kind of cute. And that, that would be cheeky. Okay, so for example, my daughter is extremely cheeky. So she will do things like, I don't know, she'll hide my stuff and then pretend like nothing's happened. She's cheeky in that way. She will, I don't know, she's just got this cheeky little face. You know that she's just going to do some mischief. She's going to get up to no good and she's going to do something funny. Like she's going to take my shoes and put them somewhere else. You know, she's cheeky. Uh, and she, I'll, I'll kind of tell her, no, no, no. And she looks up at me with this with a big smile on her face and laughs. She's so cheeky. So there you go. You cheeky monkey is the, is the expression, really. Cheeky little monkey. Cheeky monkey in English. Yep. I mean, I, I say that sometimes when I'm in France. You know, I speak English to my daughter and I do say, you cheeky little monkey. And I wonder, if, I wonder what other French people are thinking. Like, she's not a monkey. Uh, it's just a phrase that we use. Okay. We also, these days, uh, use the expression cheeky um, to refer to doing something, to have a cheeky something. Like, for example, to have a cheeky pint. So that's when you, like, have a quick pint of beer. Uh, uh, Maybe there's a sense that you're kind of fitting it in to uh, uh, the rest of your day. Have a cheeky pint. Right? So, you know, 
just you can imagine it's like i had a cheeky mcdonald's like you kind of uh, have a mcdonald's sort of you almost feel a bit guilty about it but it's just a kind of a one-off thing so yeah we should meet up and have a cheeky pint there you go so next one is the expression chinese whispers chinese whispers i don't know if this is if is this culturally inappropriate I don't know, but it's we use the expression Chinese whispers to explain the uh, the way that rumours become distorted as they are told from one person to the next. So, for example, the, it's a game, actually. Chinese whispers is a, a parlour game or a children's game, and you get some people in a circle, and one person um, has like a, a message, and they whisper it into the ear of the next person. Maybe it's like a little story, and they whisper that into the ear, and it, the story goes all the way round from one person to the next, and then we see how the story has changed by the time it gets to the end. So that is Chinese whispers. Um, Rumours which have circulated, and they've um, changed to the point where they're not really true anymore. And it, it comes from uh, the the game, Chinese whispers. So the example we have here is, Simon heard from John that you were fired. What? No, I just had Friday off work. Oh, it must have been Chinese whispers. Oh, that's not a nice thing to hear, is it? Imagine if someone said to you, oh, uh, Dave said that, that you, you, uh, Dave said that you got sacked on Friday. And you say, no, no, I just had the afternoon off work. And your friend goes, oh, it must have been Chinese whispers then. And you think, oh, what? Uh, and then you kind of start to worry, oh, am I going to get sacked? So anyway, Chinese whispers. The next one is the expression, a chin wag. A chin wag. Let's have a good old chin wag. Let's have a good chat. Um, uh, just a bit of a chat. Uh, so to have a chin wag is to have a good chat, to have a nice conversation or a catch-up or a gossiping session with someone. So um, you can imagine like your mum would invite her friend round for tea and they'd have a good old chin wag, right? All afternoon. There you go. When was the last time you had a chin wag with someone? Who's your favourite person to have a chin wag with? You can imagine, because your chin, you know where your chin is, don't you? It's there at the bottom end of your face, just in case you didn't know. And when you're, when you're talking, the chin goes up and down. So you're having a chin wag. It wags up and down. Wag is like what the, your, uh, a dog's tail does. It wags and your chin wags up and down. Have a chin wag. Okay. So next is the expression chock-a-block. Okay. If something is, is like completely full, like very, very busy, completely crowded, like, for example, a traffic jam or the center of town, there's, it's full of people because it's Christmas. Uh, it's full to the brim. It's rammed. It could be described as chock-a-block uh, or sometimes shortened to chocker. For example, oh, we should have taken the other route. This, the road's chock-a-block. Oh, I'll tell you what, the, I don't know why I'm doing a sort of generic northern accent, but I am. I'll tell you what, the town centre was absolutely chock-a-block. <laughs> All right. Next is the word chuffed, okay, which everyone should know. It means you're really pleased and full of pride. Like, yeah, I'm really chuffed. Well done. Congratulations. I heard that you, I heard that you got a promotion. You must be really chuffed, for example. Or, alternatively, congratulations. I heard that you got fired. You must be really chuffed. Because now you can just sit on your ass all day uh, and uh, watch telly and uh, learn how to play the sitar, if you, if you please. Chuffed. So you must be really chuffed. I'm dead chuffed is the, um, the collocation there. Next one. I'm, I'm moving very quickly. 
You will be able to find all these words on the website, by the way, ladies and gents. Uh, you'll be able to see them all and how they're spelled and everything. Okay, so do check that out. And I hope that I'm managing to keep your attention. This is going to have to stop after one hour. Okay, I've got about 13 minutes left. Uh, and then I'll carry on uh, in the next episode. So the next one is a clanger. Oh, okay. A clanger is a really obvious mistake, like when you say the wrong thing. Okay, okay. To drop a clanger. And I think it's because when you drop, let's say, a big piece of iron onto the floor, it will go clang on the floor, drop very heavily and very loudly on the floor. You can imagine d- dropping it on the table at a dinner party, clang. So to drop a clanger would be like, um, I guess it's kind of like um, if you tell a really bad joke at the table at a dinner party and nobody laughs and, oh, you dropped a real clanger. <laughs> you said something, you made a real mistake. Or maybe, you know, like that thing from Four Weddings and a Funeral, the, um, the, the film with Hugh Grant, where he meets a friend that he hasn't seen for ages. And he says, oh, you know, hey, it's great to see you. And uh, so how's, what's her name? How's Marjorie? And she goes, well, um, Marjorie is, uh, is no, longer my, uh, no longer my girlfriend. And he goes, oh, well, f- probably, f- probably for the best, because it uh, turns out she was sleeping with uh, half of London or something, he said, something like that. And he goes, she's now my wife, you know. And he's like, oh, God, I, I really dropped a clanger there. Okay, to drop a clanger. When was the last time you dropped a clanger? I drop clangers quite a lot, as you can imagine, usually in the form of jokes that no one notices. Anyway, next one is the word codswallop. Oh, that's a good one. Codswallop. C-O-D-S-W-A-L-L-O-P. Absolute codswallop. Um, so it just means it's something that's not true. Like it's, it's absolute uh, bollocks. Absolute codswallop. Just absolute nonsense. Um, we're not sure really where it comes from, but it's just an absolute load of balderdash. You know, like uh, if you hear some politician who's like, well, you know, we're going to... (laughs) That's not actually a speech, but you never know with the the current state of politics. You can imagine the new president of, uh, of, you know, Democraland uh, is making a speech. Well... (laughs) Uh, and then you know and there's nothing we can do about it (laughs) maybe when our politics gets so bad we'll just have that and everyone will be like we have to applaud because we literally have no other choice anymore uh, because netflix uh, yes I, i won't be doing a ted talk about that because obviously that uh, that makes no sense at all. But I think you get the idea. But anyway, I'm obviously I now I'm talking absolute codswallop. That's the point here. Okay, other words, uh, absolute nonsense, bollocks, which is a rude word. Uh, and um, uh, what was the other one? What did I say? Um, balderdash, which makes you sound like a makes you sound like a very old fashioned sort of sergeant major from. Maybe who served during this, the First or Second World War. He's a very ang- angry, angry old major from the army. And incredibly posh. And he's ex- extremely angry about everything in the modern world. You know, all this internet stuff and podcasts. Absolute codswallop. Or no, he'd say it's absolute balderdash. Um, next, it cost a bomb. 
I tell you what, so I see you're a, a Mac user. Yeah, so you're a slave to the uh, the, the Mac cult. Uh, yeah, they, they, they cost a bomb, though, don't they, those laptops? You know, you could just make your own PC for less than half the price. So if something costs a bomb, it means it's very expensive. Like, phew, I tell you what, that holiday cost an absolute bomb. Like holidays with a family, two-week holiday with a family, it's, it's going to cost a bomb. So there you go. Um, we have about 80 minutes left. Um, we've got 24 hours. I mean, we've got eight minutes. Whoa! That de-escalated quickly. Um, cream crackered. I'll tell you what. After recording a podcast like this for uh, over 50 minutes, oh, I'm cream crackered, I am. I think I'm going to have to go and have a lie down or just a nice cup of tea just to kind of recover. Um, cream crackered is cockney rhyming slang again. And it means knackered. And if you're knackered, it means you're exhausted. I'm absolutely knackered. I'm just going to go straight to bed. I'll tell you what, mate. I'm cream crackered. I'm going to go to bed. All right? So, exhausted or knackered. That's K-N-A-C-K-E-R-E-D. But it's pronounced knackered. And if you want to be like a cockney, you can say that you're cream crackered. But if you want to impress any of your English friends... Then you can say, you can use any of these words or phrases and it will get a reaction from an English person. Believe me, if you say, you know, you know, uh, oh, I'm, how, how are you today, Pedro? And Pedro can say, I'm, I'm cream crackered today. Why is that, Pedro? Because I went shopping and, I, and, I, and because prices are so expensive, it cost a bomb, you know. And then, you know, uh, my friends told me that London was cheap, but it was absolute codswallop. Uh, but anyway, I'm really chuffed to be in your English lesson, uh, or I'm uh, sorry, I mean to be your friend. Um, uh, I'm obviously I'm your friend because of friendship, not because of English. I mean, you know, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't just be friends with someone just so I could learn their language and then not really care about them. I wouldn't do that, of course. No. Anyway, so I'm just cream crackered, okay? And your friend or teacher or both would say, "Well, that's wow. Check out your vocab." <laughs> They might not make that noise, but who knows? Um, cream crackered, very tired. I'll tell you what, it's only Tuesday and I'm already cream crackered. It's going to be an early night for me. Mm-hmm. That that sound mm-hmm, was with the sound of me tucking myself up in bed and putting my head on the pillow and c- pulling the sheets around me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, uh, I love doing that noise mm-hmm, when you're kind of prote- uh, imitating going to bed. But no one ever does that, right? No one ever actually goes when they go to bed. But somehow doing that, like on stage, doing comedy or any time, it's somehow funny. Uh, Is it just me? Next one is um, the expression, a curtain twitcher. Hmm. Yeah, she's a bit of a curtain twitcher. A curtain twitcher is like a neighbor, a nosy neighbor who might be caught peering out uh, through the window as you might see the curtains twitching as the neighbour is peering out to see what's going on in the street. A curtain twitcher. He's obsessed with anything that happens on this street. He's a bloody curtain twitcher. But, I, but he still won't sign for our packages. Fucking curtain twitcher! Ah! No, you wouldn't say fucking curtain. You wouldn't do it like that. It's not... It's like, oh, bloody curtain twitcher. All right. 
Um, we're moving into the D category here. Oh my God, I've really bitten off more than I can chew with this one. I just have to keep soldiering forwards. This is okay. Hopefully you'll, you'll think this is a good series, a worthy series. Challenge accepted, you will say to, 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 to me in your head, which will be strange. Luke, challenge accepted. I will learn this uh, unique British English slang. It will teach me more insights about your culture. It will help me to make friends with English people, not just to learn their language, but also to be actual friends with people because we're good people. Right? Okay, so this is going to be a series. So the next word is the word dench. Yes, like Judy Dench. Okay. Now, to be honest with you, this is not one that I was familiar with. Okay? Maybe this is a new one. I think it must be. I'm just going to read what they've written on the Independence website. It says, Dench is an adjective used to advocate something that is impressive or agreeable. Okay, so you're saying something is really great. Uh, it's like cool uh, when used in response to someone else. Huh? So it's reported creator, British rapper Lethal Bizzle, exclusively told The Guardian that the word means anything that you want. For example, I'm going to make a spaghetti carbonara for dinner. And you say, dench, right? Now, hand on heart, I never use that phrase. And it must be because I'm so old and out of touch. But anyway, if you're, if you're friends with a child, you can ask them about that one. Hello there. Here's another edit. I uh, hope you're enjoying the episode. I just want to add something here about the word dench. I said that I didn't know this word and that I don't use it. My brother reckons that the word is fake, by which I think he means that this one isn't really used. He's never heard or used it either. He sent me a text the other day saying, well, yesterday evening saying, dench, question mark. And then he said, uh, you know, it's a fake word. I think he just means that he's never heard it or used it. I don't know why the independent would add a fake word in their list. But let's just say that you can probably avoid the word dench and not worry about it at all. As if you're worrying about the other words. I don't know if you are. Uh, But uh, anyway, dench, you can probably just forget about it. If you've heard or seen the word being used, though, add a comment to the comment section. I've just done a quick Google check and there are entries for the word uh, in on various websites. So it's not fake. It's not a made-up word. You can find, for example, in Collins, there's a definition, but it's not an official definition. It's a definition that was added by a user. I think they have a section on their website you, where you can kind of suggest or or post your own definitions for new words that you've noticed. So it's not an official word in the Collins English Dictionary yet. And also you can find it on Urban Dictionary, which is a sort of semi-reliable uh, collection of slang. Uh, both those definitions, though, confirm that the word basically means nice or awesome, but there aren't that many entries for it. So I can, I think we can conclude that this is a new phrase, probably only used by a few people, particularly younger generations. And there you go. Uh, James doesn't know it. I don't know it either. Uh, so you can take it with a pinch of salt if you like. Okay, right. Let's get back to the episode. And here we go. Next one is the word dim. Okay, which is, we're back on track with this one. I know this one. Uh, This is a common one. If someone is dim, it means they're a bit bit stupid. Not very bright. Mm, She's she's a bit dim though, isn't she? You know, like, uh, Sophie's nice. Yeah, but a bit dim. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's um, it's not it's not a particularly cruel. It's not a very cruel word, but it's not positive. Mm, he's a bit dim, though, isn't he? There used to be a really fantastic comedy character that was played by Harry Enfield on his TV show, and the character was called Tim Nice but Dim. And Tim uh, Nice but Dim was a sort of uh, very posh, uh, sort of very posh young bloke. Uh, like this, and he he probably went to a public school, a boarding school, and uh, oh, gosh, you know that sort of bloke. And he he would wear a blazer, a blue blazer, and uh, um, brown um, what are they called? Uh, chinos, you know, boat shoes, and a terribly nice chap. Bit dim though, you know. So that's Tim, nice but dim. Anyway, a bit dim. Next one is the word doddle. Oh, it was an absolute doddle. Mm-hmm. It was a doddle. A doddle, doddle. Um, um, yeah, doddle. It sounds a bit like toddle, which is the word for when a, a young child starts to walk. Uh, they toddle, meaning they, they kind of walk in an uneven way. But it's nothing to do with walking. And so, yeah, it just sounds like it. So a doddle is just something that's easy. A piece of cake. It was an absolute doddle. For example, yeah, I did the IELTS exam. Yeah, I got nine points. It was an absolute doddle. What, you got nine points? Yeah, absolute doddle. You know that it's it's marked like out of 270 don't you what yeah it's the total score is 270 it's actually not 270 listeners you'll have to check the ielts uh, handbook published by cambridge to make sure exactly how many points it is but it's not 270 i'm just making that up okay fact checking good um yeah 270 points so you got nine points so actually you're shit <laughs> what yeah Ah, uh, uh, okay. Right, anyway, so, yeah, the the test was a doddle, an absolute doddle, okay? Like, you know, subscribing to Luke's English Podcast is a doddle. Just, you know, smash that like button, <laughs> hit the bell icon for notifications. It's an absolute doddle. Easy, easy peasy. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're nearly at 60 minutes. Um, so, here we go. A dog's dinner. A dog's dinner. So you made an absolute dog's dinner of that, didn't you? You did. You really botched it up. You cocked it up, didn't you? Yeah, you did. You, you made a dog's dinner of it. A dog's dinner is a total mess. A fiasco. Um, okay, you made an absolute dog's dinner of that, haven't you? So let's see. What have I made a dog's dinner of? What have I been doing? Let's imagine a situation. So let's say you've made a dog's dinner of that. Let's say... Let's say I've been trying to prepare some food for my canine pet. A canine pet means a dog. So I've been trying to make some food for my canine pet and I get the, the, the food out of a can and the, it goes all over the place. All the food goes all over the counter. It's all sliming all over the bowl and it's a mess everywhere. And I put it down in front of the dog and the dog turns to me and goes, you've made an absolute dog's dinner of that, haven't you? That's the sound of a huge audience applauding that uh, impromptu joke. Come on, that was a pretty good joke. You've made an absolute dog's dinner of that. I Meaning you've made a mess of that. Um, what, what could you make a dog's dinner of? I'm just trying to think. Again, if you're building a chair for your sister, I don't know why, why are you building a chair for your sister? You're building another chair because the, the last one collapsed and caused her to uh, be injured. 
horrifically but she's all right now good so uh yeah you well i botched up the last one so i'm going to try again and you, blah, 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 you do it and it's even worse and you've made oh god you've made an absolute dog's dinner of that that looks like a death trap that chair you might say a, a death trap is something that's you know that could easily kill you like a chair that will collapse if you sit on it sit on it yeah right ladies and gents i think we've got to about an hour thank you so much for listening to this um i will carry on in the next one I wonder how uh, how many episodes this will be. Maybe two or three. So let me go through those words again, those phrases again, just to refresh your memory. Um, and here we have. So first one is, how do you describe someone who's a little bit crazy, like there's something missing? A few sandwiches, sh- a few sandwiches short of a picnic. Luke, you're a few sandwiches short of a picnic, I think. <laughs> someone might write because, you know. Because of the, the the strange voices uh, and random things, uh, a few sandwiches short of a picnic. Um, what about that uh, word that we used to describe people who are obsessively interested in special subjects, like they're interested in trains or uh, uh, model cars? A bit of an he's a bit of an anorak, an anorak, because those are the things that they wear. Those sort of waterproof coats. He's an anorak. Um, let's say you are going to sit down on the sofa and there's a there's a comfortable armchair and there's a crap sofa in the room and you're with your mates Dave and Steve and you want to sit on the comfortable armchair and when you come in the room you what do you say how do you claim the armchair you say bagsy the armchair okay or if you're playing a computer game and you want to be I don't know what are you playing let's say you're playing Street Fighter 2 and you want to be blanker and he's like, Bagsy Blanca. But that doesn't work because anyone can be Blanca. You can have Blanca versus Blanca. So never mind. Anyway, Bagsy the, Bagsy the armchair, right? And what about if, it's, if you're driving? Like uh, you want to sit in the passenger seat in the front. What do you say? You say shotgun because a shotgun often has two barrels. So you want to be the second barrel of the shotgun. Let's make a shotgun, meaning I'll sit in the front seat next to the driver. Bagsy and shotgun. Next one is, oh, that's brilliant. He's brilliant. He's great. He's the, you know, if you're, let's say when you're writing your review for Luke's English podcast on iTunes or, you know, the Google Play Store, and you're wondering what to say, you could say, you know, uh, uh, you know, Luke's English podcast is uh, simply sensational. There's no other word for it. And uh, Luke really is the bee's knees. If you want, you don't have to. Uh, you could use another phrase if you want. Luke really is the um, the spider's armpits, if you like. But no one will know what you're talking about, just to be clear. The next one, um, uh, to to, uh, to like go on an epic drinking session that lasts several days. He went on, it might sort of, uh, you, by the end of it, you'll be like a different shape. Like it's a bender, to go on a bender. That's right. Um, to do something amazing. Right. To do something amazing, like, for example, to score a goal in the last minute of the game or to do a fantastic sales presentation that, that wins the company a contract at the last minute. You pulled a blinder, uh, bloody or bleeding as well, actually. Bloody hell, you, you bleeding idiot. OK, bloody or bleeding. Next one was uh, so you put the tea bag in the cup, you pour the water on, you leave it, you take the bag out, you add some milk and Bob's your uncle. Okay, now, uh, the the origin of Bob's Your Uncle is uh, kind of unknown. There are various theories, but don't really worry about it. No one really knows. 
I mean, most English people know the phrase, but they won't be able to explain where it comes from. Um, The other one is like just, you know, basic thing, like a standard, like a five-door hatchback car, like your, your bog standard kind of car. Bog standard. What about the back of the car where you keep the luggage? It's the boot. If you do a bad job, like you do a careless bad job, you could say that you did a botched job. Botched job or a botched job. Um, the short word for an umbrella is, of course, a brolly. Do you want a brolly? Oh, God, not you again. Uh, and then, you know, you go outside after she's, like, shouted, do you, are you sure you don't want a brolly? And then you, you're 10 minutes down the road, you're soaking wet, and you're like, should have got a brolly, really, shouldn't I? <laughs> um, next one is you're sitting on the sofa with Dave, and you're like, Dave, can you move over a bit because I'm feeling uncomfortable because you're too close to me and because I'm a bloke and I've got unresolved sort of issues which mean that I'm not comfortable sitting that close to even a even a friend of mine so could you move over you'd say budge up a bit budge up a bit okay uh what kind of tea do I like to drink that strong tea got a dark strong tea builder's tea which is a you know English breakfast tea but brewed quite strong and served with milk um um what do cockneys say when they want to look at something gives a butcher's what to, hmm, here's an interesting potential joke. What do Cockneys say when they want to look at some meat? They say, giz a butchers. Hmm, do you get the joke? Because like they, they want to look at some meat. So they're asking you to actually give them a whole butcher's shop so that you can then look at some meat. But also to give, some, give a butcher's, give someone a butcher's is to allow someone to have a look at something. Okay, I think um, I really botched up that joke, you could say. Next one is when you're kind of, very clumsy and careless something to do with your hands it's like you've got shit on your hands shit handed no not shit handed cack handed that's it cack handed next one is uh, my daughter who has that little smile on her face even when she's doing something naughty she's a little cheeky monkey cheeky right or you might have a cheeky pint after work as well Ch- uh, what about the rumor mill when rumors get passed around we call it chinese whispers how do rumours get passed around? Well, it's when people get together and they talk and talk. They have a good old chin wag. That's right, to have a chin wag. What if you're driving through the centre of town and there's loads of cars because it's Christmas? You could say it's ch- chock-a-block, chock-a-block or chocker. You're really pleased because you completed the Legend of Zelda, the Ocarina of Time. You completed it. How do you feel? You feel chuffed, don't you? You feel chuffed to bits. Then you realise that uh, you've been sitting playing the game for about seven days straight. You've forgotten to eat and you've, huh? you've forgotten to eat and you've forgotten to your grammar. No, you've forgotten to eat or drink, and you're now dead. But you at least you completed the Legend of Zelda. Yay! Nice one. You must be really chuffed. Uh, the next word is when you say something really inappropriate and kind of embarrassing, or it gets you into trouble. It's you. You drop a clanger clang right uh you are talking absolute bollocks mate absolute balderdash total codswallop what a load of codswallop nonsense yeah i tell you what mate you won't you won't find me buying one of those iphones no too expensive they cost a bomb those things to cost a bomb uh, to feel very tired, to feel exhausted, to feel knackered. But if you're a cockney, you would say that you are cream crackered. 
Okay. Uh, what about a neighbour who's always spying on people? A curtain twitcher. Um, Dench. I don't know if this is because of Judy Dench, but basically, apparently, people say Dench to mean like nice one. I would say, yeah. Uh, dim, like a bit stupid. Uh, terribly, terribly nice, jolly nice bloke. Bit dim though. Um, uh, oh, that was easy. It was an absolute doddle. Not a doodle. A doodle is when you're drawing something on a piece of paper while you're doing something else. Like maybe you're in a, in a, a lecture at university, you're listening to your lecturer or your professor and you're taking notes, but you're also doodling something on your notepad. Like you might doodle, I don't know, flowers or cars or hopefully not guns. Uh, if you're doodling guns, uh, bit of a worry there. You might want to uh, just, you know, stop doing that. Stop thinking about guns so much. Um, anyway, doodling. So, no, not doodle, that's D-O-O-D-L-E, but this is doddle, which means something that's easy. It was an absolute doddle, that exam. Uh, A dog's dinner, you made a real dog's dinner of that, meaning you made a mess, you made a mess of it. And that's where we ended. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope that it's been beneficial, beneficial to you. And um, I think I will now adopt the voice of a a very old-fashioned and posh uh, radio presenter, Thank you so much for listening to the program. It's been an absolute pleasure to present to you various facets of the English uh, language as it is spoken by the people of the United Kingdom. Sorry, I mean kingdom. I mean queen, queendom, um, the islands. Yes, absolute pleasure talking to you. And I hope that you don't think that we're any more strange than we actually are despite uh, our rather uh, odd choice of language uh, that we use with each other. But anyway, you're welcome to learn it, and I hope you have a fantastic day or night ahead of you. Thank you, uh, and I'll speak to you, me, Luke. I will speak to you again on the podcast soon. Uh, What? What else? You could consider following me on Twitter. I've been more active on Twitter recently, so I'm texting little things, sharing little things, like I shared uh, some videos of uh, a band that uh, I'm really sort of have rediscovered recently called the Bonzo Dog Doodah Band. And they were a group from the 1960s who, for me, are sort of like a bridge between... So, by the way, I'm telling you this because I shared it on Twitter and you might want to check out some of my tweets. So, this band that I was talking about on Twitter, uh, the Bonzo Dog Doodah Band, for me, are like a bridge between the musical world of the of Britain, of the Britain in the 60s. So, we're talking about the Beatles and bands like The Who and Eric Clapton and then also the comedy stuff and the, the strange absurdist surrealist comedy that we have in the uk which you find in things like monty python monty python's flying circus but really it's part of a tradition of absurdist um surrealism uh avant-garde art that dates back to the like dardist the dada movement uh which i think was a german and french and maybe swiss uh art movement that basically involved absurdity and making fun of of existence itself and um, so the Bonzo Dog Band um, are kind of a comedy music uh, sort of vaudeville act uh, from the 60s. And uh, so anyway, I think that they're absolutely fantastic. And uh, um, um, I think an important part of Britain's uh, culture, 
modern culture. So anyway, I was, you know, sharing some videos and some thoughts about uh, the Bonzos on Twitter. So anyway, you might want to follow me on Twitter. My handle is at English Podcast. Uh, Luke's English Podcast Premium, of course, to get regular uh, English lessons, which include vocab and grammar. Uh, and then pronunciation drills and also videos for you. Uh, you can sign up for that at teacherluke.co.uk slash premium. Um, and visit the website, leave a comment and uh, tell me what you think of uh, my episodes. Thank you so much for listening. Speak to you again in the next one. But for now, it's time to say goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.